Hey, welcome to another week of the Live Life Perfect Podcast. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and sharing this episode and all the previous episodes. I am Sincere Hogan. Got my man Mike Marlin on the other line. What's going on, dude? Oh, I'm doing good, man. We got a cool guy on the show today. We're going to start talking to him in a little bit. But just wanted to give a few shout outs to some of our great listeners that have been going the extra mile to support the show by supporting our products and services. So just a few people, and this is very random, folks. If you don't hear your name, it's not because it's on purpose. It's because I go and check my my data before I get on the show and just randomly pick people. Yeah, it's like my usually, mom usually, says, usually names I can pronounce easily. It's like, you know? like my mom says, if I forget your name, somebody blame my mind, not my heart. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you have a complicated last name, usually those are the ones I skip over, so I don't butcher your name on the show. But Jeff Leonard, Gareth Denver, Charles Hamilton, Nathan Blair, Lay Story, thanks a lot for using coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of the products on my website, and that now includes my teleseminars, my how to build a six-figure income teleseminar for fitness professionals, as well as my hormone optimization eight-hour lecture series, very comprehensive lecture series. You can now use the coupon code to get 10% off of all of that, as well as the courses I have coming up in Vienna, Austria, and Scotland. And I was thinking of you, Sincere, because I just booked my trip for Vienna. I just booked a hotel. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at all the feedback on the hotel, I came across one that said, this place has the best cigar lounge in the city. And boom, <laughs> I didn't even look at Sold. the price. I was like, that's where I'm staying because I love having a good cigar after a seminar. It's kind of like a way of – like a line of demarcations. Like yeah. the course is over, put in a great day. Now I'm going to kick back gin and tonic. A good cigar. When I saw that the lot with actually on site at the hotel, I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly, Boom, man. man. Double <laughs> bonus right there, man. So yeah, man. I want to give a shout out also, man, to a couple of my customers as well, man. Also to Alan Rimniak. I, I probably butchered his last name, but you know, <laughs> but he used that same coupon code, man. Thanks a lot. Also to Martha Jensen, and also to our latest Patreon <laughs> patron, to our man Sergio Cortez, man. Sergio is now a member with $15 a month. He says, screw the $5, man. He went in. He went all in. He says he just started listening to the show a couple of months ago. A nice. couple of months ago. And he really likes the content. He likes what we're doing, man. He really wants to get in and support the show. So big shots to Sergio. Two months. How about that? And he supported yeah, the great. show. You know, and we're almost going on two years. <clears throat> Yeah, we've had people who've listened to <laughs> since episode one, one. who never bought a thing from either one of us, never left us a review. You know, if you can't, if you don't, if I, we understand when people are on a budget, like, look, I don't have any money right now to buy anything. I, I understand that, but it doesn't cost you anything to leave a review for us on iTunes or on Stitcher or to share the episode on your social media, to light it up on Twitter. And let's be honest, everyone can afford five bucks a month to support a show. I mean, if you're listening to the show every week and you love it, what's five bucks? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Big shouts out to Sergio for stepping up and, like, all right, raising the bar for some of you folks out there, man. So, hey, either, you know, be cool like Sergio and get in. All right? So, anyhow, man, let's get in. Let's get on with our guest. And, um, hey, man, it's been a while since I've spoken with this young man right here, man. We first met up about pretty much about eight years ago in Stanford, Connecticut at a, a fitness marketing seminar, man. Made a lot of great relationships. Actually, I always say this all the time. The thing about when you go to some of these conferences and these marketing seminars and all that, when you go in person, it's yeah. actually not what you get in the con- you know, from the content in the room, from the presenters. It's usually those relationships that you build outside of that conference room, outside of the room, man, where they're speaking. That's usually where the real business happens and the business of people connecting with each other. And right. I made some great friendships, man, throughout, you know, just from that one 
one conference from eight years ago. Some of these, a lot of those folks that I connected with then, I still connect with now. And it's, it's crazy. And I, and the real cool part is to see how everyone that was at that conference, especially the ones I connected with, how they've grown and, and gone on and gone on with their businesses. And a lot of times, it's, it seems to me like, most of them have built their businesses, not necessarily on the content that we picked up on that weekend from the presenters. I think it was more of just the energy of being around like-minded people and being around positive folks, man, outside those, right. those speaking rooms, man. I think that really energized everyone, and quite a few people went back and really blew up in the fitness industry, went on to find their own niche and not necessarily try to follow the, the people who were presenting at the, at the seminar and all that, which I think can be a big downfall for a lot of people. They try to, they'll go in, they pay for these conferences, and they, they get wild by these folks. Then they try to go back and try to be those people that they were wild. Well, we, we've had that happen to us where we, we've been interviewed by people, and then all of a sudden, a year later, we're talking to them and say, why does this guy sound familiar? Oh, shit, he's imitating me. <laughs> exactly. That's the funniest thing, man. It's <laughs> like when I said be yourself, I meant be you. I, don't, I didn't mean be me. <laughs> do, do, do you, son. That's not being you. <laughs> <laughs> That's BS. <laughs> no, but you're so right about a lot of seminars and courses. It's those conversations at the bar or the restaurant or the hallway where often are the most impactful, and not just courses like the one you went to, the fitness business ones, but even ones that we've taught at, where we're, yeah. we're teaching these fitness courses where people in the audience become friends with each other. That's right. happened often. It's awesome, man. So, yeah. So this guy's no exception, man. So want to introduce our good friend, Jimmy Smith. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, man? Hey, Sincere and Mike. Thank you guys for that intro. Thank you for having me on the show. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but your show is one that I actually subscribe to, and routinely listen to just because you guys bring in a variety of people it seems like certain podcasts will only bring in the crossfitters or powerlifters uh i like that you guys touch on a variety of topics so uh thank you guys so much for having me on and, and i totally remember that seminar sincere because the thing that stood out to you to me about you was that a lot of people at those seminars will bullshit they'll say oh you know i'm doing uh i'm speaking doing courses around the world or or <laughs> i think it's on They'll say stuff like that, and and you can tell it's it's just not real. Or are they taught in Canada one time? They're going, exactly. I'm, an, I'm a global instructor. Right. It's like, oh really? Where have you taught at? It's like, well, I taught in Vancouver. Yeah, once. He, went, he went on a vacation. He went on spring break to Cancun and talked to a guy about working out, and all of a sudden now he's an international <laughs> fitness expert. And the thing about you is you didn't pull any punches. You, you just who you were. You were a dude that liked wrestling and comic books and kettlebells, and we kind of hit it off there and talked a little bit about that, and you know. Uh, I think you're right because a lot of times people go to seminars and they'll try to repeat what the speaker said in a blog post the next day or a YouTube <laughs> yeah. video. And it's like, you know, be yourself. It, 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 we can talk about so many fads in fitness, right? We're going to talk about CrossFit in a second. But from the bulletproof diet to anything Charles Polican has ever said, like there's so many things that come and people just try to repeat. It's like you are allowed to have coffee without butter. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, if you are going to copy something – at least copy people that are credible. <laughs> you know? yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. too. <laughs> that too, man. Just, I just hate that about people. I don't, uh, excuse me, let me take the word hate back because that's a strong word. I strongly dislike when I see people that, you know, will just blanketly copy something. And you see, there's other podcasts, and I'm not going to say any names, that are popular in the fitness industry that literally, like, if something comes out, Bulletproof Coffee, for example, yeah. the next week they're talking about it, and it's not, hey, let's try it. It's, 
You got to do this. It's the next big thing. Right. right. They've <laughs> been know, doing like, it for a day, and now it's something <laughs> everyone has to do. It's like you, you did it once, and you didn't want to eat anything. You're like, oh, my God, I have a new, I have a new form of a decent, a, a eating well, disorder. I mean, That's all just, it is. It's a new eating disorder, right. and now I'm happy with it. Like, oh, just it's a, a, just a, a diet. Yeah, exactly. Just to call a spade a spade. I mean, David Asprey, who's the guy who popularized this whole Bulletproof coffee where you're putting often up to a stick of butter in a cup of coffee. Okay, here's the thing. Do you have personal results to back up everything you say? Because that's what it really comes down to. And that's what I always look at. It doesn't mean that you're an expert just because you have good personal results, but you should have personal results to back up whatever you're espousing. Exactly. I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think he's impressive at all. I mean, so if, if this diet is so healthy, then why are you taking testosterone shots and growth hormone and popping modifinal every day? Come on. Right, there you go. That's just what I was going to bring up because I actually bought his book when it came out on Amazon because I try to read everything that interests me, whether I disagree with the author or not. And, you know, he talks about that. He talks about removing certain foods. And, you know, it's like – and Joe Rogan, who – Rogan is basically responsible for Dave being who he is. To Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> question. For Joe Rogan to go back on his show after having Dave on twice and say, listen, we kind of messed up with bringing him out there. He's misled a lot of people. <laughs> you know, for, for Rogan to say that. So it's like and, – and the concept of the bulletproof coffee and the bulletproof diet, it's no different than Charles Pollock's meat and nut breakfast. Yeah, right? We want to achieve the same goals. You know, well, the, the meat and nut breakfast at least is real food, though, right? I mean, at so least you're, you're going to have a good amount of that. yeah. If you're going to have a good amount of fat in your diet, get it from food. So the the meat and nut diet that's that's basically a ketogenic type yeah, diet where you're exactly. getting a good good amount of fat from healthy sources. You're getting some good protein, so it just fires up your brain. Getting aminos in there, but we're talking coffee first of all, which is just water and this little bean that came right. from a cherry. Okay, right. so pretty much you, you you got some antioxidants in there at at best. Okay, and the water, hopefully the water quality is good, but just drink some damn water. But other than that, then you got butter. Okay, yeah, everybody's all hyped up on Kerrygold butter and all that. Okay, but again, there's a whole lot of nutrients you're missing right off the bat. So why are you hyped up about this? And you, right. and pretty much people are all excited because they can just drink that, and, and they're good for the whole day, and they don't want to eat. Dude, this is called an eating disorder. Okay, right, don't yeah. call it a diet. Don't say How's it's your being healthy. You know, exactly. Yeah. So please, and how do you look? How do you feel? Don't bullshit yourself and thinking that I feel great. No, you don't. You don't feel you great. Not over time. You know, you talk to the experts that, that are actually involved with coffee, and they're like, mycotoxins isn't anything new. This guy didn't, like, discover a secret about coffee that we didn't know. It's not anything necessarily detrimental either. That's the thing about it. So many, you know, so many people in the coffee industry, you know, they they scoff at this. Now, what sucks, what's really pissing me off about a lot of folks in the coffee industry, because now I'm somewhat getting involved with it, you have some of these coffee shops and these roasters who are bowing down to this this popular BS with the Bulletproof coffee stuff. And so now they're offering on their menus because they have – Stupid customers coming in wanting it. And, you know, and, and half the time these guys are like, why are they wanting this? What is the big deal? But the thing is, there's some, is that freaking consumer demand crap. But I'm just saying, look, look, at the end of the day, this is an industry that they were in control of before Dave Asprey came along. You're still in control of it. You're the ones who are going to be in it long after he's gone. You don't have to bow down and start putting bulletproof coffee on your menu at a coffee shop. In fact, it actually takes away your credibility when you do as far as Absolutely. being a true third wave specialty coffee shop. There's no, that's not special. 
that's not the whole concept of specialty. Well, training. it's people just jumping on trends, right? Like a lot of trainer, a lot of trainers used to talk smack about CrossFit when it was in its infancy. Right. Now CrossFit is a powerful machine, and those same trainers have totally recanted. They're going, "Oh, CrossFit's great. I'm now a CrossFit official." Now that a lot of them have opened up CrossFit gyms, or they're heavily involved with CrossFit, or they're just trying to be diplomatic, where they don't say anything positive about CrossFit, but they go out of their way to not say anything negative either. So we see a lot of this flip-flopping right. all the time. It's not just politicians who do it. <laughs> right. okay. And you have those same gyms who have now become CrossFit affiliates, but on the slide. It's really cool. They don't really they don't really promote themselves as a CrossFit gym. You can, you can change you can change the side anytime you well, want. They have, well, they actually have two names for their gym, so they might end up being, you know, you know, sincere as, you know, Big Butt Girl Gym or something like that. And then it's CrossFit Big Butt, you know, and that, but it's only being promoted on CrossFit's website. And you'll never know until you walk in there. And they say, like, well, we're not really a CrossFit gym. We're just an affiliate. Excuse me, what? Right. <laughs> oh, what does I don't, that even I just mean? Don't, you know, my, I go back and forth. I don't go back and forth on CrossFit. I know my opinion on it. My opinion on it is, listen, if for some reason you think that that has – an advantage over a quote unquote regular workout. And, and really what is a regular workout? So the same people that are saying, Oh, CrossFit has made me lean were the people that were putting uh, a two and a half pound plate on a hammer strength chest press and sitting there for five minutes in between sets. They were not people that were deadlifting or squatting and doing kettlebell swings and conditioning circuits. They weren't. So to go and have no frame of reference and then all of a sudden say, wow, all of a sudden I have a, a 200 pound back squat that doesn't prove that CrossFit is greater than I'm anything. I'm laughing because I know the guy you're talking about. I've seen this guy in the gym before. When you said the hamstring right. and you said the two and a half pound, I just start cracking up because I remember those people. You know, or, and they were there for about two years, and their bodies never changed. They looked they look exactly the same from the day I right. walked into that gym to the day I decided to leave. I'm like, dude, you didn't lose right. gainers. You're the same person on the same machine doing the same workout. Every time. Right. So how do you expect any change? So, yeah, of course, when you go to CrossFit and they tell you do it this way, of course, things are going to change because you're uh -huh. not doing that same workout again for the next two years. So, yeah, <laughs> people that say cardio doesn't work. Well, if you're just sitting there pedaling at, you know, a one on the bike and reading the magazine, of course, it's not going to work. And, and, you know, here's the thing. So everybody knocks, quote unquote, bodybuilding because what I do isn't bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I don't know what bodybuilding really is by the regular definition. But, you know, if, if CrossFit existed in 1930 and we never had the bodybuilding world, would everybody today be saying, oh, you know, snatches are too hard to learn, so I'm going to get on the hammer strength machine? That's what they'd probably say, you know? It's yeah. just CrossFit is the new thing that people jump to and they gravitate to. And, you know, it, it's CrossFit markets itself very smart, right? They do a lot of athlete profiles in their YouTube channel. They market really a lot better than bodybuilding or fitness as a whole does, which pulls people in. But CrossFit, where you go to the gym versus CrossFit, what you see on TV, are two drastically different things. Well, yeah. I said it all the time. So most of the time, the ones that you see on the CrossFit games, a lot of times, if you're Joe Blow sitting on the couch and all you do is sit there and go and you go to the bar on Friday night at the end of the work week and then you go and you watch the CrossFit games in August and all of a sudden you're hyped up and you want to go, oh, I'm, I'm joining CrossFit tomorrow because look what they can do. Okay, here's the deal. Most of those athletes athletes not joe blow okay most of those athletes are probably maybe uh just maybe a month or two a year or two are probably not even removed from being athletes in college or right. you know right out of high school or semi-pro or whatever else whereas you my friend have not even seen a gym since you were 18 and now you're 45 okay now now here's the thing to say here's my thing i will say this if that's what motivates you seeing that gets you off your ass 
to want to go into a gym and start training and start being fit. I'm all for that. But please don't have any qualms that you think that you're going to be rich fronting, you know, in the next day or so or the next week or so. You're no different than that guy that's never stepped in an octagon and he watches one UFC pay-per-view. He's an armchair freaking MMA champion at the bar. And then you punch him in the face, he falls down like a little little baby and he's crying, you know, and he's going buck wild or whatever. So, you know, don't don't have those qualms and thinking that, you know, you're going to first of all, when it comes to Olympic lifting, you're not going to get that from a two day seminar. Okay, ever. (laughs) It's not going to work. Let me say it one more time. You're not going to learn Olympic lifting, you know, proficiently in two days, people, out of two days. And even the guys who are masters at Olympic lifting, they never do high reps for good reason, because it's very technical lifts, but never more than three reps. And generally, it's just lots of singles working on technique, drilling that down. So someone who's not even anywhere close to being as proficient as a top tier Olympic lifter Mm -hmm. is going to decide that, okay, I can do high reps even though someone way more qualified doesn't. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done. It can be done. We see people with pretty good technique online, but we yeah. see more with really horrible technique because mm-hmm. it's a very difficult active concept to master, to technique to master. And then what it really comes down to is why, why do you even need to do it in the first place when there's alternatives that are have way less downsides? Kettlebells, for example, are perfect for high repetition work. Swing in particular, very easy to teach, very easy to learn. And very difficult to get injured with it once you have even moderate technique, mediocre technique, rather. Exactly. Yeah, I just don't like the attitude of CrossFit. So now, just for a frame of reference, I'm 6'6". Right now, I weigh about 248 pounds. I have probably about 10 pounds of fat to lose. So I'm not a small person. I was a college basketball athlete. I could dunk. I could jump, right? And to me, the vertical jump is the number one athletic thing if you could assess one, which you really can't. So to tell me that I can't do CrossFit because I quote unquote bodybuild to me is ignorant. Sure. Now maybe I can't do a ring pull up and a dip, right? With rings, but give me a few weeks to practice and I'll be banging some out, you know? So a lot of it is specific. So with my basketball background, I can't go run up and down the court now for 40 minutes, but give me a few weeks of doing it and I'll be able to do it. So the, the thought process and the notion that you can't do CrossFit and we're doing something better because we do CrossFit versus you going to a gym and bench pressing. That doesn't hold water for me. That doesn't hold merit. Right. right. And it's not just that. I mean, it's not just CrossFit. I mean, pretty much anyone, when they finally find something that's working for them and has helped them be more than what they were before, they tend to get very religious about it and start talking the same. We see in the kettlebell world where kettlebells can fix everything. You don't need to lift anything else. All you need is kettlebells. Dude, you're out of your freaking mind. Stop it. It just depends. Again, what is the goal? It's always what what do you want to do? So my yeah. thing is, there, I mean, there's a lot of people about body weight says all you need is your body. That's the only gym you need. My thing is, you need whatever you need to get to your goals and not necessarily what right. somebody's trying to pump into your ass and your head and say, <laughs> this is where it needs to go. This is what you need to do and blah, blah. You know, that's their business. And that's the thing about it. So you need to make a decision for yourself and then go from there. And then here's the deal. Whenever you make that decision and you and whatever you're doing works for you. Please understand that it's working for you and don't become a, a zealot and all of a sudden, hey, this is what you all need to be doing. Calm that ish down. If I didn't ask you about it, don't go professing <laughs> about it, okay? Just right. just stay in your lane and sit down. Okay. Training has to be very precise and specific, right? So, for example, yeah. if I want to improve my deadlift, I can't just do double kettlebell swings. They're a good supplement in terms of being explosive and hip drive and all that, but right. I can't just do that. 
for six months and then go back my to my deadlift and expect to to see improvements. Exactly. So it's very like you said, it's very sport specific or it's very precise. So whatever your goal is, the training has to be in accordance, has to be precise. Now I think I think CrossFit is perfectly fine if you have good technique. So in other words, there and there are some really good CrossFit instructors out there. Exactly. We've taught in we've taught in many CrossFit gyms. I teach in CrossFit the, gyms all over the world. One in a couple of months. We yeah, I'm teaching the one in. Yeah, exactly. I'm teaching in one in Vienna, in Vienna, Austria, in in April. So and then there's there's a great CrossFit gym here in Vegas. I've taught there many times. Good people who run it. So all of those things theoretically are fine as long as the technique is good. But the problem I see with a lot of CrossFit instructors is they get people doing these hard workouts without drilling down the technique. And that's where it becomes problematic. Well, no, here's where it becomes problematic is when a former CrossFit client, you know, someone that belonged to a gym becomes a CrossFit coach and has no other exercise (laughs) education or background. So when a, when a so-called quote-unquote educated consumer decides to be a coach, from the, it's kind of like people, it's like somebody that buys P90X and all of a sudden you call yourself a beach body coach. Get the hell out right. of here. You know, <laughs> you, you bought a DVD and now you're going to try to coach me. It's only like the Weight Watchers thing now. Like call one of our coaches. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's you know, what, what made this person a nutritionist? Because what, they did Weight Watchers for, probably right. for umpteen years and all of a sudden now they're a coach. This is the reason why they're a coach. They've done it so long. They can just tell you, look. Just do it. Just keep doing it. I've been doing it for 20 years. It works. Right. Okay, so that's what it comes down to. It's like a lot of times I just have a problem with the weekend coaching. And people all of a sudden after two days and and a couple thousand dollars, they call themselves a coach. You know, my thing is, no, you're someone that bought a license. Okay, and you liked it so much, you bought the license to say that just to show how much you really liked it. I call you a donor, a supporter, not necessarily a coach. And so you put the education in there and keep learning as a coach and realize that it didn't begin and stop in that weekend that you got your CrossFit certification. You need you got other areas that you need to learn because not everyone's going to want to come in that gym and try to compete in the CrossFit games or want to do powerlifting or whatever. There are some stay at home moms that want to like, look, I want to get in shape, but I don't want to kill myself because I actually want to be around when my kids grow up and not walk around in a wheel not walking around but rolling around in a wheelchair you know because all of a sudden i did a clean before i I was even ready for that and it fell on the back of my freaking neck and i'm rolling over like somebody's crossfit fails on youtube man yeah i mean it's like you guys will probably get this everybody on facebook that all of a sudden uh does uh isogenics or or visalis i want to punch them in the throat yeah, don't even get me started <laughs> with Deborah Clark. That's a sore topic. They're in my book of people to punch in the throat, man, if you I know, ever like, have to go there. It's like they never knew that something called affiliate marketing existed before. You know, I, and, they're, and they're, all fit, they're all fitness professionals to a degree, like whether they're trainers or whatever. It's like that's all it is. I understand it's a higher tier than affiliate marketing, so they'll get paid for people that go under them and then start selling it. But at the end of the day, that's all it is. And, and the worst are like the uh, – Bodybuilding, the IFBB bodybuilding pros, and the people like that oh, that do it because well, the problem with network marketing is that it's a way to make chain letters legal. Yeah, <laughs> because that's a quip. That's exactly. basically what it is. Exactly. The, having a product legitimizes the pyramid of what makes it. Otherwise, it would be illegal. Now, the problem with network marketing is the goal is not to sell a lot of products personally. It's to get a lot of other people to do it so you can just sit on your ass and collect royalty checks. And that's what everyone is chasing who gets involved with network marketing. They're not out there trying to hustle and sell a lot of product and make a good income doing that and then teach 20 other people how to do it. That wouldn't be that bad if that were actually the goal. But the goal is to pass the buck as fast as possible. And then the person you bring in now, they're going to pass the buck. And we know how the story goes. You just keep passing the buck. <laughs> that hope. That, but the problem is, is that once people realize the sham, the whole thing unravels. 
And well, what's funny, but what's funny to me is when you see now with social media, now you see people like on Instagram. Now you see these, like you were just bringing up, Jimmy, these IFBB athletes, like, you know, no. my sponsor, ISIS, they're not your sponsor. You bought into no. the program or you'll see these girls with the skinny tee. I'm like, are, you, are, are we serious right now? Skinny tea? <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and they're always just holding that little package of skinny tea and, or they'll just hold a cup. I'm thinking like, okay, one more form of an eating disorder right here. So you got these girls, pretty much you're now, you have these girls who are looking at you in these pictures. They're like, oh, I want a body like that. And you're telling them that you got a body like that from drinking some damn tea. Okay, so, I mean, there are, and as a father with a, a teenage daughter, that pisses me off because her peer group are the ones that are looking at these girls. Okay, they're looking at all of them, and it, they think that these eating disorders, they think that's acceptable. And I wish these women would just freaking stop it. And men, there's some men out there, you're no different. Because there are boys, you know, they're checking you out thinking, like, well, maybe I need TRT. But you're 18. Why do you need TRT? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I need to get my hormones optimized. Dude, you're 16. You can't get any more optimized. Well, than people that. talk about how they want to get it optimized, and they've never done any blood work or saliva testing or anything to even establish good. a baseline. They're like, well... I don't. I think I need a. I think my testosterone estrogen ratio is off. Now, most likely it is. Just the fact that you think it is, and you're probably you're, you're probably right. I mean, if you're wondering if your T levels are low, they're probably low. So I'll, I'll start with that. Right. But you want to have some kind of baseline so you know for sure. And then if you tr- then and then when you test protocols, you have some way to measure whether it's effective or not. Exactly. But they hear the word testosterone again, and they're like, "Ooh, I need more of that." Just automatically, because that's the marketing. That's what's been thrown out there in their faces. Like men need, you need a lot of testosterone, and don't <laughs> well, have any estrogen. Is, most guys need a, a woman. most guys need a lot more than they have. Man. So that's <laughs> just something. So it's not it's not it's not totally inaccurate, you know. Because I measure a lot of people's lab work. It's rare that someone comes back with flying colors. Like, wow, look at this guy's levels, man. Right. Everything looks good here. There's always it's usually it's too low. Oh, estrogen's too yeah. high. <laughs> I just heard a Decepticon. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Jimmy might have. We think I don't know. I don't think we lost him. He's on it here. I'm here. You okay. guys there? Okay. okay. Oh, it might be the microphone in your computer. It may be having. Yeah, you might have that on, Jimmy. Are you talking through a mic? Or are you talking um, through your computer's mic? I'm talking through my computer's mic. Oh, okay, that's yeah. That's the that was the feedback from both of us coming through. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I'll edit that out. <laughs> or maybe not. Who cares? <laughs> it's our show. Do we want to? As long as our patrons don't sit there and complain about it, we're good. <laughs> I think you were trying to jump it. You were trying to interject, Jimmy. Yeah, go ahead, man. Well, no, ahead. all I was basically saying is, is Mike, you're 100% right when, in terms of looking at, at blood work and lab work. And uh, I, I got a text message from, from a UFC fighter yesterday, and I'm not going to mention this gentleman. And he was asking, um, you know, just about testosterone in general. And, you know, because now it's funny. Pro hormones are banned, but there's classes of, you know, uh, they're called selective androgen receptor modulators. Uh, yeah, modulators. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, all the, the these derivatives, and he's just asked me a blanket question about that. And my response was, "Don't waste your time. Get your blood work done so we can see what's going on." Because with a lot of people, whether they're active, a fighter or not, their DHEA is going to be beaten down, right? It's going sure, to sure. be depressed. So, you know, people. It's like, you know, can't see the forest through the trees. Like, we think testosterone, 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 and I get it, but if you take a middle-aged guy or a hard-trained athlete and you give them some pregnenolone and DHEA while you treat their adrenals for an extended period of time with good nutrition, obviously, and a scaled-back program, they'll start to rebound, you know? It's just we just jump too deep into the forest before we actually assess and see what's going on. Right, right. You know, and you guys brought up TRT. I, last year, I went out and I, I, 
uh, VADA, which is the Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency, brought me out to do a seminar out there um, for them. It, it dealt with fighters. It dealt with um, nutrition for MMA athletes. And TRT was was a big topic out there because that's right when it was starting to explode in MMA. Um, this is last October. This was the same weekend that St. Pierre fought uh, Hendricks. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Hendricks. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Hendricks. I was out there for that. That was a crazy time. Yeah. And, you know, people, again, are, are too blinded by the, the sexiness of testosterone. You know, let's get your training in order. Let's get your diet in order. Let's get blood work. Let's get healthy fats going. And then maybe let's get a little DHEA and pregnenolone in you so your body can just – most people that I see, and Mike, you can insincere back me up on this or tell me if you guys see different. A lot of people suffer from that pregnenolone steal, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. body just can't get – to the, the DHEA making state, the raw right. testosterone production state to even have testosterone. So, you know, you have to fix that base layer. You can't build a house on a, on a cheap foundation. Well, I always say testosterone is a downstream metabolite, right? It's not right. a master control of hormones. So you address the master control of hormones, pregnenolone being one of them, that improves the whole chain going all the way down. So I think, I think that's a sound way to look at it. Actually, Dr. Nick Delgado has a pretty good product called Testrovita, which is a cream that includes pregnenolone, DHEA, and a couple other things. That's a pretty cool product for someone who is leaning in the direction of TRT but doesn't want to quite make that step and also wants a more comprehensive solution, as you said, Jimmy, where they want to address pregnenolone and DHEA, that's a good intermediary step. Go that route first and see if that addresses your testosterone because then you get the benefit of improved DHEA as well as pregnenolone rather than just testosterone. And if that works, great. Keep going down there, and that's over-the-counter. You can get DHEA cream anywhere. You can get it at Vitacost.com. You can get pregnenolone cream. And I like the, I like the creams for delivery for hormones. Yeah. I prefer that than the oral delivery, which is a much lower percentage that's absorbed. You know, and, and the bigger issue that no one's really talking about is testosterone and having low testosterone. So everything that causes it, whether it's not enough sleep, too much sugar, uh, too much working out, or whatever nagging, it is. A nagging girlfriend. all the problems in this environment and the food we eat it doesn't just lead to testosterone issues why is cholesterol such an issue now why is blood pressure such an issue i'm a firm believer and i've talked with doctors about this that you know at a base level we are what our hormones say we are to a degree so if we are limited with our testosterone or our free testosterone what makes us think that our cholesterol is going to be perfectly clear you know right a lot of times cholesterol could be high because it's not converting into sure. the hormones. So that process is being hampered, and you improve the facilitation of converting cholesterol into the into the sex hormones, and now the cholesterol normalizes. Yeah. So that's a factor as well. No, so you're bringing up a lot of good points, and I think one of the big issues that our country is facing that no politician talks about is the degrading food supply. Right. It's continually getting worse, and there are a lot of efforts, and there are a lot of good options too for healthy food that are emerging, but overall – the vast majority of people don't take advantage of those because it's more expensive. So they right. keep they now nowadays most people know that factory farm meat is probably not the healthiest thing for you, but it's significantly cheaper. So you just put your blinders on. It's like I got five kids to feed. Right. I can't afford all that. And that's that's not an invalid argument, but at the same time, if you're giving them crap, then you're going to have a lot of expensive medical bills down the road too. So you don't have to go to Whole Foods necessarily, but how about developing a relationship with a farmer if you live in a part of the country where that's accessible or doing a co-op deal with some of your neighbors where you have really healthy food delivered? 
they're getting organic food in Walmart. So those that usually complain about not being able to afford it are people that are usually going to shop at places like Walmart, and now it's there. So therefore, guess what? That organic food is not going to be as much as it is at Whole Foods. Okay, yeah. No, you're right. And the people who complain about how expensive it is are still people who have $200 cable bills. And Gucci and, purses. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> so what are, you, what are you willing to give up? Because the, the, people I've heard, the people I've heard talk about how expensive it is are not people that are broke. They're people no. that make decent income. They no, just don't want to cheap. allocate the funds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ex- there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but but you know what worries me? It's, it's almost not good enough to eat just organic anymore, right? Like I'm afraid, I'm legit scared. There's grass-fed and there's grass-finished. I try not to buy anything unless it says 100% grass-fed because a lot of places are, are starting them on grass, finishing them on grain. That's right. Or, yeah. or finishing yes. them on grass. Like, and, and that worries me. And then also, like, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary. In well, I, I think that's why you have to develop a relationship with the local farmer, yeah, wherever yeah, possible. Because yeah. so then your, you're going there yeah. and seeing it. Yeah. Meet your food. Okay. And that, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, actually go, go there and talk to your food and look at your food and check out how your food is living. And then that might make you make some other decisions about your food as well when you no longer have that disconnect with it. And, I mean, I'm with you, Jimmy. I mean, even that whole egg issue is becoming confusing because now you've got cage-free. Then you got free range. Then you got pastured. Then you got pasteurized. It's like, what the hell? So people are just like, you know what? I'm just going to just keep eating my regular eggs. I'm just going to keep drinking my regular milk because I'm, this, all this stuff is too confusing. I know it's, I know that meat's crap. At least I know it is. I don't know which one to pick as far as grass fed, grass finished. What's the difference? And so you, they're confusing people in the market because now instead of these companies want to go and spend the money to go ahead and have grass finished meat, they were rather said, let's just do this. Let's do a little tomfoolery here. Let's just right. say it's just grass fed. And, you know, now people know what that means. That's good enough, but we're still finishing with grains. You know, at least we, hey, at least they started out eating grass, right? Hey, you know, it's all about putting in the effort, right? You know, that's how they're looking at me. And guess what? Those consumers are thinking the same way. So these are the ones that are going to have a salad at McDonald's and tell you, hey, it's all about the effort, right? Yeah, but you got that supersized fries with those, with those, with that salad right there. But I made an effort. But I made the effort. So they know who they're, they know who they're marketing to. They're marketing, they're saying the same things to their consumers that their consumers say to everyone else. So it makes right. it very easy to pass Well, the problem is like the that. consumers want to believe the lies too. That's the, that's why oh, corporations yeah. <laughs> can totally hoodwink people. It's like that show American Greed, right? Oh, yeah. It, it always focuses on the scam artists. Like, here's the scam that got pulled. But, the only oh. reason that person was able to have influence over the people is because they were greedy too. Hey, it's man, like, was, oh, you're going to give me a 30% return every day on my life savings? Hey, I'm simple in. <laughs> economics, supply and demand. There was a need. There was a hole that needed to be filled, and they did it. Okay, so they're no different than any other corporation. Somebody bought into it. Everybody has some type of greed some way, somehow, whether it's legal or illegal. It's pretty much – it's just like pretty much just – there needs to be some honor amongst thieves because a lot but, of these but things, when it comes to American greed is no different no, than what – from from legitimate companies they do the same thing so look what makes a dude a scam artist on american greed who's sitting there and these people are like oh i get a 30 percent return on my investment blah, blah. what makes that guy a bigger scammer than charles schwab you know or a td waterhouse or anybody else why because these are legitimate quote-unquote companies or whatever you know that, that makes them legit and that you know they're not scammers i mean that come on they're called brokers for a reason, people. Okay, so it's not like they're called gainers. It's not like he's your stock gainer. He's your stock broker. So let's look at the, just the verbiage right there. So what makes him any different than some of these scammers that you see on American Greed who do the same thing and have these Ponzi schemes? Hell, this whole American freaking, the whole tax system is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> when you sit there and think about it, man. Yeah, so, sure. And eggs worry me, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times they'll say cage-free eggs or eggs fed omega-3s. 
and you look at it and it's all ALA, which chickens have a hard time processing. They're very much human. So you're paying all this extra money. I've only ever bought different eggs that have our DHA, DHA in eggs. If you gave a chicken some DHEA, I don't know what that would produce. <laughs> Be less stressed. I've seen it. <laughs> and I don't know. if you Have you guys ever seen the documentary Inorganic We Trust? No, I haven't seen that. Is that on no, Netflix on or Netflix. where is that available? It's on Amazon Prime. I don't know oh, about yeah. Netflix. Okay. I have Amazon it's, Prime too. Yeah. It's good. So it basically addresses the question that – is organic worth the money? And not from the health perspective, but from the perspective that organic itself doesn't mean what it meant 10 years ago. You it's know, like farms, right, farms are getting less and less um, evaluated. You know, they're just not getting seen by evaluators. And if they are, the evaluators are paid for by the farmers. And it talks about sprays that are allowed to be used on organic crops that aren't necessarily clean sprays. So it's a really good take at just looking at organic and you know, if it's healthier, what we really think of it, you know, because you ask people on the street what's organic and they say they don't know. Well, you know, here's the deal with that, too. I mean, even with the farmers, per se, it's like the farmers that the majority of the farmers now have been bullied by big corporations like Monsanto and all them. So it's just pretty much they pretty much have to go their way or risk being sued for, you know, using the seeds over whatever. Sure. Then let's say, say you have some a farm that's organic. Hello, we still have air and sky and pollination going on while we still have some bees around. So here's the thing. That stuff's floating around. All those non-organic pollens or whatever that's floating through the air, they're finding a home in those organic farms. You can't stop. It's not like they're inside a bubble. And, you know, therefore they can keep out anything that's floating around in the air. And so we don't even know what's being sprayed with chemtrails or whatever else. So anyway, there's at this point now in this part of the world, just it's almost laughable. To even call something purely organic, you can't even right. say that anymore. It's just—it's just not. It's just really—it's hard for it to even be that way unless you're pretty much growing it inside a laboratory, inside some little bubble or something like that. If it's right. out in the environment outside, you know, where there are elements, nine times out of ten is not—it's not purely organic. It's just not going to happen anymore. It's just too many things that can crossbreed with it and cross-pollinate with it and screw that up. So, I, I mean, I totally, I, I get it, man. I get it. That's the example I use, too, this exact same thing. There's a thing called air, you know, and it's unfortunate, but, but that's where we are in, in today's world. Exactly. I mean, it's still, it's still worth someone doing, going out of their way to get the best food supply possible. And sure. I really think that it comes down to developing a good relationship with a local farmer. Even in Las Vegas, where I live, where it's a desert land, there are farmers out here, and they have, there's a farmers market here every Thursday in Henderson, where I live. And then there's there's you can talk to these people, you can go to their ranches, you can see what they do there. You can. I was talking to one lady about chickens and eggs and all that, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't kill any of these chickens. They're my pets, and they they all roam free." She told she told me what she feeds them and so forth. She invited me up there to take a look at the facility and all that. So I think I think that's where you want to go is you want to find good people, just like with business, right? You don't just hire you don't want to hire a trainer that is not a good person. You want to establish a relationship, make sure you actually like the person. It's an ethical person. And then you just stay with that person. You don't have to keep shopping around. Same thing here. When you find a really good company, it's good to stay loyal. When I fly overseas, I only fly with Virgin Atlantic because they provide the best customer service by far and immaculate planes and so forth. I don't need to look at other airlines. I don't need to waste my time. So I think it's, it's a similar concept needs to be applied, especially when it comes to your food supply. I mean, there's yeah. nothing more paramount to your health than giving yourself the healthiest food possible. And then you can feel good about yourself by supporting someone 
who is developing a small business, where it's, they need your business. Otherwise, they're going to go out and all the corporations are going to take over, and they only care about one thing, making money. They don't care about doing the right thing. They don't care about your health or doing the right thing. No, they, only share, do, they, only, they only do the right thing when they have to, right? When, yeah. people, when, there's, when there's a thousand people protesting in front of the corporate office and it, it doesn't look good for PR, then they do the right thing. Not because, they, not because they're good people want to do the right thing, just because they want to get all these people to stop protesting in front of their building. It's right. funny, yeah. My sister-in-law was just bringing up the whole, like, I, I guess Coca-Cola has this, this new soda. It's Coca-Cola Green or something like that. And it's yeah. using Stevia now. And so yeah. my sister-in-law was like, you you know, you know, have you seen that? That's, that's a good thing. I said, no, it's not necessarily they're not necessarily doing that because they're doing out the goodness of their heart. That's <laughs> called pressure and also trying to capture another piece of the market share right there. Because right. I said, by the end of the day, they still have all their other sodas with high fructose corn syrup and everything else. I said, I'm pretty sure that soda's probably going to taste like crap with stevia in it. So my thing is, I'm just <laughs> like, just go and get a Mexican Coke that has pure, you know, cane sugar in it. It's funny that you have to get the Coca-Cola from other countries in order to get a Coca-Cola that actually tastes like Coca-Cola when you grew up it's so funny whereas it, and, it's fun, and what's so funny about that is the fact that a mexican coke the one is that the ones that are bottled in mexico with the pure cane sugar they actually treat that almost like it's organic because those end up being a dollar two more than a regular bottle of coca-cola at the same size it's so funny i'm like isn't this the same company why the hell am i paying extra for the, uh, the same soda with actually has real sugar in it i mean how hard is that what, what, it probably took you more to produce that chemical inside your lab than to actually go out and go to a get some sugar cane so why am i having to pay more so you know i just told her i said you know at the end of the day, they don't really care about you. It's not like they're doing the goodness of their heart. They probably had a lot of pressure to start, you know, stop using high fructose corn syrup. But they're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. How about this? How about we give you one with some stevia in it? And nine times out of ten, when it's not going to be that many sales of that one, just like, you know, the new Coke from the early 80s, then yeah. they're probably going to scrap it. Because at the end of the day, people have already gotten hooked on the Coke with the high fructose corn syrup in it and all the caffeine in it. So, right. and as soon as people taste something different, like, no, 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 I don't like change. No, take it back to the, the real Coca-Cola, you know, which is not even the real Coca-Cola. But, you know, it's a, you've had two or three generations removed that actually think that the way the Coke is being produced now is what Coke is. <laughs> so, and then who knows, who knows how safe stevia is? Exactly. And then that could become, now, now you have someone who thinks it's safe to drink four or five cans of that a day. And then all of a sudden we find out that stevia causes adrenal fatigue and insulin resistance. You know, who knows? Exactly. We don't know because don't not know. enough Has people it? have used it. Yeah. Exactly. And we don't know if it's, you know, is going to affect you the same way this sugar will. You have too much sugar. There's going to be receptors in your brain that says, okay, we've had enough. No. Right. So what happens when you have something like stevia? Right. Okay. Does it, is it going to affect your brain the exact same way as sugar would? No. It may, gonna... it may increase sugar cravings theoretically. Exactly. Like my, my theory is this. If you take something like stevia, right, which doesn't have a glucose response, doesn't have an insulin response, but it has a sweet receptor response. In other words, your brain is, is stimulated for that sweet response, but you're not getting the kick for, that you would get from sugar. So yeah. now you actually <laughs> crave that. So you have stevia. And all of a sudden, your sweet tooth goes up because you didn't get fulfilled from stevia. It's like non-alcoholic beer. It's just like you're drinking <laughs> yeah. it, and you're drinking it. It's like, I'm not Drink getting buzzed. Yeah, I'm not I'm getting buzzed, but I'm getting bloated. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying stevia is bad. I'm just saying we don't – I'm not saying that I would – That's I, I use stevia a little bit here and there. I prefer it over sugar. But at the same time, I don't think that it's a free-for-all where I can just douse everything with stevia without consequences. You don't right. really know for sure. Right. You know, one thing I do when I drive around on a daily basis, I look at people and I, I just think about how much we are the walking dead, right, in, in our society. Like how, how many people don't get nutrition into their body 
until dinner time, which is when most people have their first serving of vegetables, right? Like, you know, they, they wake up, they'll have coffee, which has nutrients, but they're not getting food in. And then they'll have a lunch that's like French fries and a hot dog Somewhere. or a wrap or something. You're like, <laughs> we just walk around like I have, I drink an all organic green smoothie every morning. And it just not, it doesn't have to be kale. It could be spinach. It could be charred. It could be whatever. But right. I'll have that, and I'll have a, a, an organic Greek yogurt, organic flaxseed, organic coconut oil, organic olive oil, a turmeric organic. I'll put a, a grass-fed whey protein in there. And, like, maybe it's not doing anything for me, but I personally feel that I get those variety of nutrients on top of a good, healthy breakfast in my body early on, and it sets my day up. But unfortunately, you yeah. can't say that for the majority of people. Well, they'll tell you that they don't have time to to blend that up, Jimmy. But right. <laughs> on the way to work, they can pull over and get that freaking, you know, they can sausage and egg biscuit at McDonald's and, and you know, with the two little hash brown sticks. And, and when you say that, you know, most people don't get vegetables until they get dinner. But here's the problem. A lot of times they consider, you know, that vegetable being, I don't know, French fries. You know, potatoes right. are vegetable, right? You know, I'm getting that in or a baked potato or something right. like that, man. So what ends up happening, and when you even brought up, you know, they start their day off with coffee, that's already started their day off bad because most time people are drinking crappy coffee. They'll stop at Starbucks, which is going to pour all this crappy milk in their coffee to mask the terrible coffee beans that they're using. So right. people end up telling you, always telling me, you know, I don't, you know, I can't really drink coffee. It upsets my stomach. No, your coffee's crap, and that's what's upsetting your stomach. It's not coffee itself. It's not the actual coffee that's jacking you up. It's the choices of coffee and the places you're getting it from is screwing you up. So now they've drank crappy coffee on their way to work. By the time they get to work, their stomach's all jacked up now. They got to run right to the bathroom. So they're starting their day off crappy, literally. You know, and, and next thing you know, they're not eating again until like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They, then they might snack on something. They may have some chips or something like that in their desk or something like that or that matter. Or they go to Subway. Because, I mean, you know, hey, Subway, eat fresh, right? You know, work for Jared. So then that'll that'll hold them over until dinner. And then dinner's probably like 8, 9 o'clock. So now they're eating late. And then instead of watching about five or six hours of TV. So And then guess what? Go to bed. Your stomach's trying to work and digest this crappy food that you've had all day while you're sleeping. So now they're getting crappy sleep. So then when they finally wake back up again, you know, they just hit the reset button and start the day all over and repeat everything they just did. And then they wonder. Then years go by. Next thing you know, they look in the mirror like, I don't know how, you know, I just let myself go. <laughs> it's just like, wow, man. Because you've been on autopilot, and like Jimmy just said, you've been the walking dead. It's not just a TV show, people. All you got to do is look around. You're, you're a part of the cast right here every day. You just have to choose, like, which characters you're going to be. The walking dead is right here, man. It's funny. I just brought that up on another guy's podcast yesterday. I said the exact same thing. Yeah, we just live in this society, and it's not even, you know, the food business. It's it's the choices people make. Like they just don't get enough nutrition in. And it's like we always talk about people, guys say they want to build muscle. Well, you can't go to the gym. You got the best workout in the world. But if you're just slamming a protein shake and then not eating the rest of the day, what good is that doing? Right. You know, and it's exactly. just, it's, it's sad to see that we just don't have this amount of nutrition coming in our bodies that we need. I mean, maybe I'm over the top, right? You know, maybe. Uh, me taking curcumin as a supplement is too over the top, but I'd rather be over the top and err on the side of caution. Right. right. Yeah. I'd rather be overnourished than mm -hmm. just completely right. undernourished. Exactly. And, and at the same time, though, it really comes down to whether these goals are – people actually care about achieving these goals. So the person you just mentioned, they have a protein shake and then they skip several meals and then they're wondering why they can't build muscle. Well, the reality is they don't really care to because if they did, they would do the right things. It's not like the information is not out there. There's there's more free information out there. That's good. A lot of it's crap, but a lot of it's good too. There's a lot of good free information out there where you could 
research all day long about whatever area you want to improve and right. find stuff yeah. that you can put into action today. But the real question is, are you going to put it into action? Right. And the answer for most people is no. And my theory about why it's no is because they don't really care about achieving those goals. If you care about achieving a goal, you're going to have this tenacious desire to see it through to fruition. I mean, yeah. it's even like hydration, right? Like how in 2015 are people still dehydrated? Because you know, they don't like to taste the water, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't, they don't like the way water tastes, Jimmy. I, you know, so you got to do. Come on, Jimmy. Water that's just you know crammed some sugar and you know a tiny amount of vitamin uh, B and water and, and calls it uh, healthy water. Yeah, exactly, vitamin water. I know, but, when, but but when you have to handhold people and start that basic where it goes, okay, let's get more water in your tea. I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of demoralizing to me. As, a, as like, I just I don't, people, I don't I don't want to even work with people like that. Like if I have to if I have to start off so basic where I have to explain to someone why they need to drink a certain amount of water and get that in, and they're telling me, you know, I'm having a hard time drinking that water. Well, that's not someone mouth, who's a good fit. Tilt your hand at a 45 <laughs> degree angle and pour the damn thing down your throat. Okay, right. Jeez. Yeah, it's just, you especially know, for men. Why don't you want to be strong and powerful as a man? Why does that have to be something that someone else has to come along and inspire you to do? You know, you don't have to be the strongest guy in the world. You don't have to be an MMA level fighter. But why, as a man, do you not want to be strong and powerful? That and, is, and most men don't want to. And that's by the actions that they are taking or not taking. And that's what basically baffles me more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, that we might live in a society where. Men are emasculated. Boys are emasculated. Like, I get it. We have to be sensitive to everybody. I understand. No, we don't. No, we don't. Excuse me. That's why we we started the show. (laughs) As I'm about to offend some people, bullshit. Okay? Like, no, we don't have to. We don't. Now, here's the thing. Now, you can can respect those that that garner the respect, that are respectful in return or whatever. But you don't have to to pander and and dumb it down for everyone. No, man. If anything, you're not doing them them any service by doing that. You're making the problem even worse to even pander. I I love all these manipulative so-called teachings, sincere, such as, you know, respect your elders. I'm like, look, if, if my elder is cool, I'll respect him or her. If they're not... Then I'm not going to respect them. <laughs> you know? exactly. I'm not going to respect somebody just because they're older than me. If they're a jerk <laughs> off, I'm going to call them out for being a jerk off. Exactly. You know? exactly. So I mean, just there's there's just no. E- it's not just always an either or. It's just like okay, what? My thing is always about the questions like, hey, respect your elders. Why should I respect that guy right there? Okay, why? What has he done? Who is he? What, you know, is he is he a good person? You know, if he's not, then I choose not to deal with him at all. You know, it's, it's probably best for us. So I walk away. Like, yeah. you know, you, yeah. should, you, should, you know, say yes, sir, to him. I, why? Somebody, I'm a grown man, too. So is he going to say the same thing to me? <laughs> you know, it's the thing about it, man. So at the end of the day, it's just I these some of these terms, like you said, Mike, just drives me crazy. And like, you know, of course, respect your elders or the customers. Well, it's a right. form of manipulations, <laughs> right? Even even parents saying to their kids, make sure you finish everything on your plate. I was well, that like, is Great. the worst thing. Now, you now, ever now you're setting. Child. Yeah. Now you're setting up your child to have a total eating disorder. He or she is not hungry anymore, but. They There's still food guilt. on the plate, so you got to keep eating. Because there are starving the children in Africa. Well, let me ask you this: <laughs> If I don't finish this food on my plate, are you going to personally carry that food over to Africa and give it to one of those? Well, may- maybe, maybe you should have more body fat so that if you end up in Africa and there's a bunch of cannibals around, you can feed more of the village. So maybe that's the theory. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate this that everybody gets an award, everybody has to get a turn playing. No, there needs to be winners and losers because guess what? The loser's going to learn something. Okay, you need that. That's what builds character. You like George Carlin said. 
Jimmy needs to hear those words. You lost, Jimmy. You're a loser. <laughs> like, I just started watching the show Vikings, so nobody – That's a nobody great show. It. So I just started about four or five episodes in the first season of Vikings, and it amazes me like how uh, Ragnar's son – like he'll sit there and he'll just say, yeah, that girl's going to have sex with that guy, or he'll want to go kill an animal in the woods. Like to me, I look at it and it's like he's got his son set up to be a strong – powerful man now i don't know what happens with the show and the son but like with the son in the show but these the son is openly talking about yeah having sex with a woman or i'm gonna go fight you know in the next conquest like yeah, that's aggressive well, i mean his, his son his son, his son bees, comes though. out of the closet in season three but that's another storyline <laughs> <laughs> no but i but, but here's the thing jimmy as i'm listening to you talk here's here's the problem i think a lot of people this is how a lot of people interpret a lot of what we call like we're, we're talking about taking charge of your life and that's a masculine trait. But the, in society, often what we consider positive masculine traits are twisted and turned into, okay, he's a bully. Like, oh, that guy – like someone acts like a total jerk-off at the bar. What does someone say? Oh, that guy's got way too much testosterone. It's like, no, he doesn't have enough. Too much vodka. He has too much testosterone converting into estrogen. His T to E ratio is probably off, right? That would be a more accurate assessment because when you have optimal testosterone, you have an optimal profile – I think it makes you a better person. You're more compassionate person. You're more. You have more control over yourself. You're not going to go out and do dumb things to overcompensate for having diminished levels. But in but society's interpretation of too much testosterone is negative. Too much testosterone could be a good thing. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. But that that's that's the that's the battle we have in this country though, where it's it's like the lines between genders are becoming more and more murky. Where I mean, they're trying on, they're dude. trying to create this one being. Like right. I told you, I mean. I knew we were in trouble when I got a link from my buddy and he sent me a link to meggings where they're making leggings for men. I'm like, okay, enough. Stop it. Stop trying to turn these little boys into little girls. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And it's funny. Somebody brought up a point the other day. They posted a picture of Teddy Roosevelt. And then um, somebody commented on the picture. It's like, you know what? That's a great man right there. In fact, that's the last president to have facial hair. I can't trust a man if he doesn't have facial hair. <laughs> so how, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to trust you to leave my company when you can't even grow a mustache? I was like, oh, I was like, you know, you bring up a good point. Teddy Roosevelt was the last one who actually had facial hair, man. It's like, and everything, ever since then, it just seems like everything has been gone downhill from there. Like, wow. <laughs> and not to make this a political conversation, but like, People get on Ronald Reagan for a variety of things, but you know what? The thing you cannot take away from Ronald Reagan is that no one messed with America when he was president. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. We just well, I, they, they <laughs> might they might have been worried that he would he was he had that he had early onset Alzheimer might have pushed <laughs> the for, red button by yeah, accident. He, he, he may have forgotten <laughs> not to push the button when people you know things he didn't like. It's like you know Gorbachev and all those guys are like you know what let's just kind of wait this one out. Okay, let's just see how this. <laughs> he, he may get overly excited. Come on, come on, he's already he's old. Fun. He may not be around for long. Let's just this is hold this is bite our time <laughs> and just wait yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I watch a lot of Bonanza. So yeah. <laughs> I see what, what it was back then. Get up when the sun comes up, work your ass off, come in to eat a little lunch, and then go out and have fun that night. Maybe chase some women, and that's it. I mean, the car right prostitutes, Miss Kitty. Well, I think, I think Sincere brings up some good points. I think Sincere brings up some good points, though. I think I could we 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 could probably find the turning point where things started going downhill is probably when men started deciding that. Having chest hair is a bad idea, and then, and then <laughs> well, manscaping came into vogue. And then waxing. When I, when I was when a little I'm kid growing up, and that was like a badge of honor. It's like, man, I started getting chest hair. People were all sure. proud of it, and so forth. And the kind of people you saw on TV, the 
TV, Burt Reynolds, or in movies rather. Exactly. Tom Selleck, Matt, all these Matt guys. Matt Houston, like, all these different shows. I mean, these guys had hair porn, of the porn, shit. And they, had, they, they, had, they had taco meat and porn stashes, man. Okay, that's all you saw. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom Selleck. <laughs> Tom Selleck had a mustache that has a life of its own. <laughs> Tom Selleck's mustache looks like it can jump off at any time. <laughs> it looks kind of reminds me of Javier from Gang Related, man. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. That, with that, ah. with that, that live goatee around his mouth, man. I was like, dude, that thing is about to jump off you and take over the, the game. <laughs> it's like, seriously, man. So, I, but, but, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a book out there called War on Boys, and there's several yeah, books like yeah. that. There's several topics. And so, some people consider such books over the top, and sometimes they can be. But there's an underlying argument that I definitely feel is accurate where a lot of masculine traits – are demonized and a lot of times when a young boy has a lot of energy it's like let's get him on ritalin he's got too much energy it's like too much energy is never a bad thing you can utilize that what if my dog has too much energy i'm not going to try to sedate him i'm going to take him running work it out you know usually when teachers sit there and they're like okay he's daydreaming he has add or you know he's not paying attention to class he has add no maybe it's the fact that you're not interesting you, you, you're not, interested. <laughs> yeah, you're not exactly. capturing his interest and maybe you're not a good fit for him. So maybe you should try to find a teacher that is a good fit for him. Own your part in this. Okay. Don't just automatically like, he's not paying attention to me. He doesn't pay attention to anything I say. He has ADD. Maybe you suck. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe that's just you suck. And I know some teachers out there listening like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, no, come on. You have some employees. You have some coworkers and you know, absolutely they suck as human beings. And they're pretty much, a lot of them are not even there to even be teachers. They're there just biding their time, getting a paycheck while they're trying to start their modeling career on on Instagram. You know, we've seen them <laughs> while they're trying to be a booty model or something like that. And so, come on, man. They're, they're out there. And there's some great teachers out there. And they, there's even better teachers when they understand, like, okay, maybe let's do this. What do you like to do? See, that's the one question so many adults don't ask children. Right. What do you like to do? They right. want to implement what they like on the children. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you need to be a doctor. You need to be a lawyer. You should do this. I shouldn't do anything but be a kid. Enjoy my life. Crap yeah. and eat the food. Maybe wash some dishes and do some chores or something like that until I get out of this house and make good grades because that's what society wants me to do. And to me, and trust me, the whole definition of good grades to me is like, here's the deal. Did you do your best? Did you try hard? Did you leave everything on the table? Is there anything else you could have done better in, that you know that you possibly could have done at that moment to have done better on the test. If not, if you exhausted all your resources, then damn it, that's the best you can do. No, I can't be upset with you. You know, there's, it's, there's it's funny. a. Oh, I'm sorry, sincere. You no, know I'm ahead. saying when you speak like when you talk to a child like that, that's encouraging to them. That actually makes them want to do better. But when you badger them like you just got a B, why, why, why don't you get an A? What the hell cares? What do these letters even mean? Does that really represent how intelligent and, and what type of human being your child is? Because this grading system, you know, labeling them or whatever, you're setting them up, man, to need to be accepted and right. have someone else label who they are instead of letting them find out who they are. I could care less. And my thing is like, look, okay, here's the deal. Pass. Okay, so I don't want you to stand back two or three grades because that's going to suck. You know, but my <laughs> thing, you know, my thing is just do your best. Bust your ass, man, because guess what? That's what's going to carry you in life in everything you do. Doing your very freaking best, man. And, and that's all you can do. If that's your best, then, hey, if, that, you know, if it could have been better, find out how it can be better and tr- work on that. And then try to do better next time if that's what needs to be done. If you're having difficulties in this and we've exhausted all resources, got tutors, whatever else, you're still not getting it, I don't know what we're going to do. We have to find another solution. But it doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means that you're not getting this and it's not resonating with you. God forbid that you don't resonate with everything in the world and be all things to the world. So, yeah, man, just 
you know, one, you know, one of the things, you know, I always like to say, man, my biggest mission in life as a parent is not to F my kids up. You know, so that's why I try, that's why I did my best to stay out of their way when it comes to their creativity and finding who, finding out who they are and not impose my BS on them. So, you know, same thing with these soccer dads and soccer moms or whatever else, you know, they're screaming at the kids, come on, run, do better, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, just because you're no longer an athlete and you sucked as an athlete, leave your kid alone. Yeah, they're on the sideline with the gut so big they haven't seen their feet in 10 run, years. Run, Jimmy, no, you run. They got a hot dog in one hand and a 32-ounce Diet Coke in the other, and they're screaming at their kid. Run, Billy. No, Dad, you run. Have you seen your Remi- gut lately? Reminds me of Mark Phillippe. I would be hanging out with Mark Phillippe in his office in one of his – one of his clients' parents would come in, so maybe a 12-year-old kid's there, and his dad walks in going, oh, I think you need to have my son do more of this, that, and so forth. And here, here's Mark, world-renowned strength coach, former strongman competitor, powerlifter, deadlifted over 800 pounds in his career, super strong guy, extremely knowledgeable about training. And here's this fat-ass dad who has – who you can smell the beer on his breath is coming in there and trying to tell Mark how to do his job. And I'm just uh, speechless. I was like, man, I can't believe this guy has the audacity to do this. And Mark Mark handled it very diplomatically. But the sure. first thing he said is, oh, so you're going to tell me how to do my job. And he just yeah. left it like that. And the guy's like, oh, no, no, of course. It's like, yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah, You're in here trying to – it's like, why did you hire me if you know so much? But we see that kind of thing. On the flip side of what Sincere said, there's – there's an interesting show that kind of shows the opposite, though, where parents are too hands off with their kids and just let them do whatever they want. Like, I'm not going to discipline my kid at all because I'm just going to let him be a free spirit. It's like, well, that kid's going to be a dipshit. Yeah, that's, the, that's the problem exactly. with that. There's, there's a show He's called The Slap on NBC, and uh, I've only seen the first episode, but it's kind of interesting where basically there's there's a scene in the show where – this one kid is acting a fool. First of all, he's digging up all these plants in this guy's backyard. He's making a mess in his living room. He's breaking records. And then the kid, then he's playing baseball with these other kids and he's being a real brat. And then at one point he grabs a baseball bat and he just starts swinging it around randomly. You know, anyone who gets close is going to get hit. And then the parents casually say, Hey, stop doing that. And he just completely ignores them. And then another guy, another adult there, sees this and he takes charge of it. He goes like, hey, put that bat down because it's getting near his kid. And the kid keeps going. So he goes over there and he grabs the bat out of the kid's hand. He's like, why aren't you listening to adults? We all told you to put the bat down and you kept going. And then the kid kicks him in the shin. And then in a fit of anger, this adult slaps him in the face, right? And that's the whole premise of the show, the slap. And what's funny is that now the other parents are going to sue, the ones who didn't discipline their kid when they should have. Now, I'm not saying that this guy should have slapped someone else's kid. That's taking it too far. But at the same time, he shouldn't have had to if his parents actually did their job. They just let this brat have free reign, and it could have hurt a bunch of other kids. In in New America now, that dad, the one that did the slapping, in in our society now, he can now – File assault charges against that kid, and and then charge the parents with accessory, and that child can be arrested and try, tried as a juvenile now. So on the flip side, they can sue all they want, but he can actually press charges on this kid, and he was defending himself because now, thanks to the media and everything else, how do we know that kid wasn't a killer? You know, he's swinging the bat around. He's already shown behavior and patterns are showing that, you know, he could be a danger to everyone else. So that's the flip side. That's the society we're living in now when you want to start talking about that, too. That's how crazy things are now. Like, but the way we were raised back in the day is like, okay, if an adult popped you on your behind because you were acting up and your parents didn't do anything or they weren't around, that's just the way it was. And, right, you know, and right. your parents are like, okay, so why did Mr. Johnson spank you on your behind? Well, I was swinging the bat. Oh, 
Okay, well, then he should have spanked you in your behind. Now, go get me a belt, because I'm about to pop yours. I'm about to finish it up. And it's just the way it was back then. Not not condoning that now, but I'm just saying. And, but think about it. A lot of us, we're good. We're not criminals. We're good. We're on the straight and narrow. We're good people. Didn't mess us up. And there's always that argument about corporal punishment as well. That, you know, it goes back and forth. I don't know, man. It's just even the whole thing like with Adrian Peterson, you know, a while back from, you know, the Vikings or whatever. You know, that, of course, yeah, that was the way he was raised. And, you know, when he spanked his son with a belt or whatever, you know, everybody was outraged and people reporting him and all this other stuff. But then there's just so many people from a certain generation, like pretty much anyone from our generation and before that was kind of like, what's the big deal? You know, he disciplined his child. He didn't abuse him, you know, but according. But the way this pansy society now looks at it is like, no, that was abuse. Well, what do we know? What do we know? We're watching on CNN of all things. What a credible source that is. So we're watching that. You know, we're watching on TV, CNN and ESPN reporting on on a domestic case. You know, really, these are the same people that let Ray Rice back into the NFL. You know, so we really thinking about. I mean, come on. I don't know. What do we know? And I guess I guess the counter argument though is, does it need to be taken that to that extreme? Right? Does it have to be? Does it have to be an extreme where you either beat your kid or you just completely hands off and let them do whatever they want? There's got to be a middle ground that's more effective than either. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. When I grew up, that middle ground was this look that my mom would give me. Yeah, I'm saying you know, with me. You know, same I with my get that parents, look. So. I just knew. It's like you know what? I well, know what comes. I know what comes after that look, and it's not great. It's not good. <laughs> you know, and it, it makes for a bad night of sleep. So I'm just gonna sit my little badass down right now and just be quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my thing is establish the look. You know, that's pretty much what my kids grew up with. They grew up with the look. And Mike's Mike was joking because Mike knows that look, you know. So just imagine growing up with that look. Yeah, we had a we had a lady who annoyed so sincere when he was giving a little demo on how to smoke a cigar, and she got the look. <laughs> like a one hour presentation on how to smoke a cigar is like, nah, changed my mind. <laughs> So after that look, that person apologized for about 20 minutes straight, just from a look. That's funny. He had nothing else to say after that. <laughs> That's funny. You know what gets me, though, is is you kind of alluded to this a little earlier, Sincere. Uh, as a man, you know, you're sitting on the sideline of a soccer game or of whatever your kid is doing, and to stand there or to walk around with the gut, like a gut says you don't care about yourself. And how do you not have enough pride in yourself and how you look? You wouldn't dress like a hobo and go to work in a corporate office. Right. You know, right. so I just don't understand how having this gut is, is unfortunately socially acceptable. Where oh, you yeah. can walk. Yeah. You know, every tool needs a big Everyone, every tool needs a big everyone has one. So it has to be socially acceptable. <laughs> yeah, <now. it's> just, <laughs> like I always said, man, here's the thing. When we were growing up, everyone knew who the skinny kid I mean, who the who the fat kid was when we were in school. Right. Now everyone knows who the skinny kid is in this, when they're in school. You know, <laughs> right. that's crazy. That's how society's flip flop. And you know, getting back to the whole gut thing. Yeah, it's just right past you. Hear these guys like, yeah, talking about every tool needs a, a good shed over it. I'm like, dude, you haven't seen that tool in a long time. You, that tool's probably rusted and and just like disintegrated yeah. by now. So, so well, I mean, what are we talking about here? So, but my biggest thing, man, even when you bring that up, you said these guys, these soccer dads are there, but they're there with a gut. How are you? Encouraging your child to even participate in sports when you're yeah. not taking care of yourself. You want them to be physically fit, but you don't set the example. So here's the thing, parents. It's, when it comes to your kids, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. That's what they focus on. So who are you to tell him that he needs to run a little faster and steal third base? Well, you know what? You need to quit stealing those ho-hos in the middle of the night when mom goes to sleep. You know, so that's what I think. So you got you to gotta lead by example, man, because otherwise right. you're talking. They don't hear you because they see you. That's the thing about it. So you can't tell me, okay, I just, well, how am I going to play baseball? I'm the kid. How do I play baseball and still have a gut? How can I make that happen? Because my dad has a gut, 
he's my hero. You know, for the most part, that's usually a child's first hero. It's going to be their dad. So, sure. you know, here's your, when I think of heroes, uh, I think of all the superheroes I like. See, Spider-Man never had a gut. Thor didn't have a gut. <laughs> you know, all my heroes are ripped to the freaking bone. They wore funny costumes that made them very questionable as far as their, their, their personal choices or whatever. But these guys were ripped. They were whatever. So, you know, you're looking at these heroes. You know, and the dad's going to be the one that the child looks to as a hero. You need to look like a freaking hero and behave like a hero. So, yeah, you don't have to be ripped and look like a comic book star or something like that. But, dude, you need to be just as you need to be that hero for that kid. And that example, he's like, you know what? That's something I aspire to be. I want to be a man like my like my father. He's respectable. Right. He takes care of himself. He gives a shit about himself. And I, I want to be the same way when I become when I'm his age. I don't want to just right. check out and not care and become this passive parent. You know, who just I just tell you to do things, but I don't do them myself. You know, come on, man. It's enough of that going on. They've been indoctrinated with that in too many other places in life. The last place they needed that is at home. So right. that's just my right. rant as a parent. <laughs> no, you know, you're right on. And it's just that people don't think enough of themselves to hit the gym, to not have that gut, to do something proactive to change their lives. And it's just sad to see. It really is. It well, is. I mean, and one I, thing I they think can a do lot is, of people... No, go ahead, sister. I was just go saying, ahead. they don't even have to go to the gym. It's like, how about we do this? How about right. you actually, instead of going to the gym as a parent or whatever, why don't you actually go out and play with the kids? Why don't you sure. spend time with them? Why don't you go hiking? Why don't you go camping? Why don't you go, to, go out for a walk with the kids, jog with the kids? You know, hell, bring the kids to the gym with you. It's like I have a few of my clients, their kids come to the gym. And, I mean, they were very timid about like, hey, you know, do you mind if our son comes? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, have you looked around? This is a big jungle gym. This is a playground for kids. Because you know what? Here's one thing I understand as a parent. P.E. is being cut out left and right. And I'm I'm pretty damn sure that child probably doesn't have a P.E. program at the school that he's attending right now. Because in this country, we're so focused on, which is so funny to me, that we're so focused on the classroom and and more curriculums and more tests, yet we're falling to the bottom of the line when it comes to education in the world. You know, here's right. the reason why. These kids are just study, 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 study. You know, you're asking a lot from their minds, but you're not giving those minds anything in return. So you're being very greedy. You're just like, take, 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 take. Give me the answer. Study for this test, blah, blah, blah. But you're not giving anything to the mind to fuel it. You're not giving them any physical activity with P.E., Okay, you're not feeding them the best food at lunchtime. So how do you expect these kids to perform at a high level when you keep taking away all the things that get, that stimulates their minds? You take away the music programs and the arts programs, all these things that stimulate. You got to have that balance. You can't just be science, math, study, 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 study all the time. PE could be something where it's like here's an hour where you have to work out and it's your choice. You can lift exactly. weights, you can go run around the track because when I was She's in high basketball. school, when I was in high school, PE sucked. Yeah. You know why PE sucked? Because we were forced to do a lot of stupid crap. It was crap, organized. Right? It's like, it's like it's we're like, going to play shuffle ball today. Play. Yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't want to play basketball. With give me, give me a choice, guy. man. Like, why don't you like basketball? Because <laughs> I'm black and I'm 5'8". Okay? <laughs> that sucks for me, okay? I'm, who the hell am I, Spud Webb? No, just, I don't want to play basketball. Yeah, just open up the weight room and give me some options right you can go run on the track you can go play soccer ball I mean, you can go play dodgeball over here you can go play soccer exactly. here you can go do a calisthenics workout if you want to go lift weights but th there's an hour where you have to do something active your choice yeah, you, can't sit, you can't sit in the stands you can't sit in the bleachers writing love letters you can't do that <laughs> you know you know and so that's the thing my thing is if, you know just monitor me make sure if i'm in the weight room i'm not gonna hurt myself and end up being on elementary school weight room fails you know on youtube <laughs> or something like that and just monitor me, but just let them go out and be kids, man, and be active, stimulate their brain so they can come in and actually really contribute something to society instead of just becoming the sheep of society. 
You know, that's all we're doing. Well, I mean, I think that's where virtual living is becoming more and more problematic. So in addition to video games taking over physical activities, mm-hmm. we also have people that are virtual living, period. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these social medias are now becoming where people do most of their social thing. It's, yeah. it's sad to even say that, where there's less and less interactions in the real world. Now it's like we can just do everything online. I can I can run my business online. I can meet people online. I, I can <laughs> chat with people online. <laughs> we don't mean I don't even have to call them up. We can just open the chat function on Facebook. Have a stupid right. little one. So we can all if we can all work out together. I'm just gonna turn on my webcam. I'm just gonna run up the stairs. <laughs> you, and you're gonna work out with me from your home while your webcam is on. It was like, what the hell's happened here, man? <laughs> Yeah, our our interpersonal skills are gone, and it's sad to see. You know, as a man, if you don't give me a firm handshake and look me in the eyes, I lose respect for you right away. Right, right, right. But you know, you know what's what? funny through this whole thing, all the things we're talking about right now, these are so westernized problems. Because when you travel and you go to other parts of the world, it's not like that, man. It's not right. like that. These people are out and about and whatever else. It's like that's why you that's why they have internet cafes or whatever because not every place is going to have Wi-Fi. They want you to go out and enjoy the city. Go do stuff. You know, we don't want your ass sitting around here on your computer all day. Get out of here. You know, that's the thing. So it's like if you're not coming here to buy something, you don't need to be hanging around. And you know, and our thing is we want to appease so many people. So let's give them Wi-Fi so they can hang out in our shops or whatever else forever and only buy like I don't know, a cupcake. But you're sitting there using four hours worth of Wi-Fi, six hours worth. You're working on a term paper here, and all you right. bought was a freaking cupcake. Really? You've already. Well, sp- the, 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 only, 20- the only flip side to that is like if you go to a if you go to a cafe in Amsterdam and you're there for more than thirty minutes, some dipshit yeah. comes over and starts pointing at his watch. It's like fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> I I just bought something. First of all, I'm not just sitting here hanging out. I actually Tell bought my, something from you. I'm gonna hang out here as long as I want. <laughs> my brownie's just kicking in, bro. You're messing with my high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thirty man. minutes, I'm, really? I'm in the middle of smoking this joint, man. You leave me alone. When I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> That's but funny. In, but in Europe, customer service. If you go to a lot of European countries, you walk into a store, it's like, what do you want? It's like, oh, I'm just looking. It's like, no, you buy. I've been, I've been in a magazine store in Amsterdam before where I'm just looking at the magazine, yeah. and this lady is like, this is not a library. I was like, well, <laughs> apparently it's not a place where I buy anything either because I was about to buy this because there was an article in here I wanted to read on the plane, but now because you've been a rude bitch, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> so have fun with your library. <laughs> but, I, but I hear what you're saying, Cecilia. It's a little bit of – there's there's again, it's a balance. On the one hand, it's, it's like what we're talking about. It's like we're doing a podcast, and the majority of people listen to it for free, never bought a thing from either one of us, are never going to sponsor the show in any way, shape, or form, yet the only reason why they can listen to it for free is because there are a small fraction of people who do support both of our businesses. Exactly. So, the, so that, that can be irritating. But at the same to America. Time, <laughs> to America. At the same time, if a bookstore were like, look, you know, you're, you just walked in and you have about 10 minutes to uh, find something to buy. Otherwise, you know, you're out the door. I got 10 seconds to turn right back nobody, out the door. Nobody's going to tolerate that crap. <laughs> oh, man. That is society, fellas. What what can we do with it, right? Yeah, I think I think, I think you think, just have to. I, I'll be sincere. Says this a lot. It's like you know, be the be the example. Don't don't tell me about something I didn't ask you about. You know, be be the example of it. So I'm asking you what it's all about. And I think that that's a good way to live your life. Is you're you're doing things that are so impressive that are people like, huh? I want I want to know more about what Mike's diet's like. I want to know why sincere is so fit. Or I want to know what Jimmy's doing to right. be so strong and lean without you having to tell them. They're coming to you. So you're positioning rather than prospecting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the best way to put it. You have to be the example that you want to be. You know, it's like you have to give yourself a reason to be happy every day because this world will be so negative and suck that happiness out of you. And right. you just have to be that motivation. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. Let the, let the media tell it. The whole world is miserable right now. Everybody hates each other. Everybody's mad at each other. You know, everybody's out to take each right. other out. If you were to believe that, it's like, right. but no, but no, they can't sell happiness. There's negativity sales. The well, you know, sales. every day there's opportunities to not only do good things for yourself, but do good things for other people. And I don't mean giving away a lot of money and stuff like that. That's all good too. But there's just simple things you can do. I mean, for example, I walked by a couple the other day walking my dogs and there was a stair, there's a stair step area. So they were doing this little workout. Do a newborn. They had a newborn. So baby's in the carriage. One guy's running up the stairs, ladies doing push-ups, then she's running up the stairs, he's doing push-ups. And you can tell these people haven't worked out in a while. They're dying. Like this guy's dying. He's 10 push-ups in, he's on his knees, he's dying. And you can just tell that he's kind of demoralized because he, he might have been a guy who used to be in shape. I don't know anything about their background. Right. But when I walked by, I was like, hey, good for you too, man. You guys aren't making excuses. You got a newborn here. You guys are working out hard. Good for you guys and yep. have a good one. And you can just tell that just pepped them up a little bit, just yeah. someone acknowledging that. So, I mean, just little things like that. You have opportunities to do that every day. Exactly, right. man. Oh, exactly. So, wow. So, um, <laughs> we you just kind of – Yeah, exactly. We got a lot in, except all the things we wanted to get in. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, let's just do a quick – let's just yeah. do a little quick summary of what you think is – let's talk briefly about – we'll have you come back, Jimmy, and talk about this sure. more. But briefly, what do you think about what's going on with the UFC with all the drug testing and so forth? You know what? I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, it's a step that they had to take just because all these big stars were getting popped uh, with anabolic steroids. They were getting popped with bogus TRT prescriptions. It's a step they had to take in the right directions because Dana White and the Fertitas uh, say what you want about them. And then I've talked to people that have worked closely with them in before. And these people say that they used to encourage guys to go get TRT. Um, because it made them bigger, stronger fighters. And, you know, it's like baseball. Oh, everybody yeah. oh, everybody yeah. turned blind, blind eye when Barry Bonds was hitting home runs everywhere. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the Fertitas and the U and Dana White have always moved the UFC towards a legitimate company that they'll eventually and probably sooner than later try to sell and cash out. So it's just one thing you need to do to get it on a playing field with baseball and basketball and football. Yeah, I think that those those are actually good points. And that that's that's the double sided coin there is that on one hand Athletes are told, hey, do what you need to do to perform at the highest level. But, but if you get caught, you know, we're going to penalize you because you're we have to own. show face. Yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, there, there's someone famous in the uh, the MMA, UFC diet world, and I'm not going to say this gentleman's name. Please don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we already said Dave Asper's name on the show. You're, you already gave it away. You're, you already gave it away with the whole diet part, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's a few people, so but but the point is, uh, good good cover there. <laughs> when you go out. When you go out there and everything you publish says, uh, you know, Whole Foods, blah, 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 but, you know, your fighters don't necessarily live that lifestyle. I, I don't know. I just try to be someone very transparent and, and very, uh, you know, I am what I am, kind of the old Popeye the Sailor Man thing. And I just don't have any tolerance for, for people that say one thing and maybe other stuff is going on. Right. Right. And then having I'm not friends with any well-known UFC fighters, but a couple of my friends used to fight in the UFC and be around a lot of the more famous gyms like Vanderlei Silva's gym and so forth. And they 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 would basically say that the majority of every fighter they have ever met has used performance enhancement at some point. They didn't right. say 100 percent, but they said the majority. They at least dabbled with it at some point. And I'm not saying that Vanderlei Silva's gym is a haven for all this. They, they just happened to work out there. So, I, and then, but that doesn't surprise me because professional athletes have a very short window to perform at the highest level possible exactly. and to achieve whatever goals you want, and then your income is predicated on your performance. 
Right. And let's just be honest. I mean, you're trying to get to the top. Everyone at the top pretty much is doing something. And so you're trying to level the playing field here. You know, you can scream about being as natural or whatever else, but you know there's going to be some limitations to that. Only a minute few are going to make that rise to the top and, and beat those guys. I mean, you're – okay, you're not – everybody's not freaking Brock Lesnar. Who's, who's even say that he's been clean all his life? But just to say this, if I'm on heavyweight and eventually i got to fight a beast like him, you know, you got to sit there and think about it. Like, okay, you're probably going to need some help. Against something like this, especially some of these guys who were corn fed and born, just these freaking behemoths, right. you know, just, just been like this. But the thing is, he wasn't just like that a few years ago. This dude's been like this <laughs> right, ever right. since he's been documented. You know, since there was a camera on him, it's like, wait a minute. So you're saying that he's just getting better and better as the years go by? It's like, when does it stop? You know, no, it's not. It's not like Overeem, who was a skinny dude ten yeah, years ago, exactly. and then all of a sudden he's I a skinny, up. lanky, skinny, lanky John Jones type physique, and then exactly. all of a sudden he looks, he looks like, like Brock Lesnar. He looks like <laughs> an action figure, and now he's yeah. kind he of was just a like monster. Dude, he was ridiculous. This guy, he looked like a straight up action figure even when he real. when he when he was fighting even when he fought brock actually in the ufc yeah. i mean yeah. look at look at look at his physique when he fought brock versus when he fought bigfoot it's dramatically <laughs> different and then exactly. even more so when he fought oh. travis brown because so of that kinda, jimmy on a wrestling note it's kind of like you know how randy Orton when he got popped for you know for steroids uh-huh. in the wwe look how he was in the very beginning he's just a little skinny kid looking like his dad you know then all of a sudden he's Keeping up with freaking Triple H, but you know he was juicing at the same time. Uh-huh. It was just uh, the, all of them. It's just pick and choose who's gonna get busted. And then you can always tell when these guys, you know, get popped up, they get suspended, and then when they come back, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what what happened, well, dude? Well, what's, what's sad, guys, is bringing it up to our world, the fitness world, is that there are quite a few trainers who use performance enhancement, I know, man. Oh, yeah. and a lot of these guys <laughs> for write what? for major magazines <laughs> talking about how hey, I'm I'm this ripped and so forth. From yeah, following this, this diet regimen, yeah. they leave out the fact that they use antibiotic if they keep their body hard and strong. They leave out the fact that they're using growth hormone to recover. And like Jimmy said, if you're transparent where you're going, hey, look, I'm doing all these things and here's what's happening. I always thought it would be an interesting experiment, honestly, to try growth hormone and see what happens. But if I did that, I would be very public about it. I'd be like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going to do a 12-week experiment just to see what happens and document it rather than – keep that under wraps and then people go oh man mike what are you doing things are it's like oh i just changed my diet a little bit you know? i started eating meat I've been, again i've been sleeping yeah i've been sleeping 30 minutes more you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's so hard to especially people that uh, the arnold classic was this past weekend yep. and you look at the pictures on instagram and i've been to the arnold twice and it's just yeah. it's just ridiculous yeah. Yeah, like oh I, yeah that was, that was the first not, place i ever competed in kettlebell sport and then that was my first arnold at the same time it was a bit overwhelming yeah. because you see some of these people that you've seen in magazines forever but you see them in real life and then the worst part of the arnold classic to me was going to the restroom oh, <laughs> yeah. when you go in there it's just like if, look here man if you ever question whether you need to take whey protein or not Go to the restroom <laughs> at the Arnold Classic, and there's your answer right there. That'll tell you right there. Man, that place, you don't, Mike, when Mike says a crime scene, you know, whatever, that was a crime scene, dude. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to hold it. Well, when you, can, gonna... when you can fart on command, chances are you're taking in a little bit too much protein or have some bad food combinations. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say about that. I actually was in the bathroom at the Arnold Classic a few years ago, and uh, I'm peeing. I'm staying at the urinal, and all of a sudden there's a commotion, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Brock Lesnar walks in. Okay, true story. And Brock gets to, the ur- gets to the urinal right next to me, and he's peeing. And I literally had to stop peeing because there had been like 15 people that ran into the bathroom. It was the most awkward thing in the world. You know, you know you're peeing done. next to 
Jimmy, what? just turn around and just pee on all of them. <laughs> just, just straight up, just spray them, and they'll get back. That I'm sure Brock probably would have you. He probably would have got front row tickets at the UFC if you had he done that. World. He was <laughs> champion at the time, and, and I just felt so awkward for that man because he couldn't even pee in peace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that so many times, man, when I worked in the music industry. Like, the artist would go in the restroom, and then here comes some jackass at the urinal. Hey, man, I right. love your work, but, like, dude, my penis is in my hand right now, and you're talking right. to me. And we yeah. don't know each other like that. This is, this is a problem. Our, our our friend Kim Blackburn brought up a funny story where he went he he went into the bathroom to drop a deuce and then a guy goes into the stall next to him he's like hey Ken is that you in there I had a qu- I had a, he's like I, had a, I have a quick question about program design <laughs> you know? that's funny and Ken's like let's talk about when we're both out of here man we, oh we, we don't we don't know each other well enough that's so bad. the ba- the bathroom stall conversation you got to know somebody where that's comfortable oh all right God, <laughs> total yeah I don't know man that, that, that's crazy but that's uh. I don't know. All right, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's I, I just, I, I'm just surprised when people are so incredulous about drug use in perform in in professional sports. Like that's such a big surprise. Why for are people. we surprised by that? In baseball, to be honest, man, when in during that period of time in baseball where it was a free for all and everybody's hitting over 50 home runs and there's <laughs> five guys hitting over 60, it's like five guys in a row broke Roger Maris's record, which had stood for what 50 years or something. <laughs> that was right. that was exciting. All of a sudden, I started watching baseball again. Exactly. Right. Because when I grew up, people like Reggie Jackson and Mike Smith were considered the home run guys, and they they would hit 35, 40 home runs. Right. That was right. a joke when people like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were playing. If you hit 40 home runs, you weren't even mentioned you could have yeah. a 330 batting average and hit 42 home runs which would have been incredible when i was growing up yeah, very exactly. few people had that if anybody but all of a sudden that became the average I mean, and yeah. guy, even 50 was just good and then when you got over 60 it was like okay now you're a player like you saying yeah when i was growing up man like i love the Atlanta braves man like somebody like dale murphy when he hit like 36 home runs in a season that was a big deal back then. yeah right. <laughs> you know like now dudes are doing that in the second month of the season it's like all right i'm 36 <laughs> But it's so funny how those numbers have come down, you know. I know now man. they exactly now they have, yeah. Yeah, it's looking different and and everything, you know. The only thing I'll say about the the UFC and in steroids is that the only thing I'm not surprised at is Anderson Silva, right? That man had a gruesome leg injury. I'm surprised he yeah, did get popped, and I think that tarnishes his legacy. But I can understand why he did it. You know what? I honestly don't think it tarnishes his legacy because of what you just said. Yeah, I don't because so of coming either. back from the injury and and hell, not knowing what to expect. After that first fight or whatever, so it's almost it's almost like he gives a pass. Now my thing is, why does Nick keep coming in the conversation? It's weed, man. Why does oh, this dude yeah. continue to even like be in this conversation? How's that going? Yeah, how's that enhancing his performance? We should, you know, yeah. we should be, we should, if he actually fought Stone, we should be even more. Impressed. Oh, we should applaud him because <laughs> we should applaud this guy, man. It's not like he did coke or something like that. He's not done coke when I'm fight. Yeah, he'd be a beast. Anderson, Anderson is still playing the incredulous card, though. Like I don't know how this happened. Oh my god, I, don't know I know. What, and then his camp, being, you got Machida and all them. Like you know, I think he's being a victim. I'm like no, he's not. Come on, man. Right. You know, just like, just just own up to it, and, and people will be they'll be good. They'll move forward with. Well, that. I mean, at first he was in total denial, right? And yeah. then it came down where like, look, these results have been verified, so you can't deny that it actually happened. So then he's going, okay, well, I don't know how it got in there. So it's a different now. It's a different denial, but as you said, sincere, it's relinquishing responsibility. And then eventually he's going to have to say, all right, you know, here's what I did and so forth. You might as well just admit that from the get-go. Save everybody a lot of trouble. And save but, yourself some time. So go ahead and get your year suspension or whatever and get it over with. And then, you know, just maybe come back, finish on and retire. Okay? And maybe, you, I mean, finish clean. And then give people a year. People forget easily. 
They forget easily. Trust me. I think because there's a new victim they will pick on by that time. What also makes it suspect is that he was using basically a steroid, which is not well known. It's not popular. So in other words, you're using a you got a specialist. You're using an obscure steroid that you're hoping won't show up on the test because maybe there isn't a test for it. Right. <laughs> nice try. That makes it more suspicious as well. Exactly. You, you might have to do some camp pride. changes. Everybody's jacked up in pride, so that's all we need to know. Well, yeah, Japanese pride. Pride. Japanese they, pride didn't care. They, yeah, pride. They, they would tell you when you sign the contract, do whatever you want to do. It's yeah, all about yeah. to them. It's all about entertainment over there. They didn't care about you know morals and rules or whatever else. Come on, man. They were about putting on the show, giving them a, a very entertaining show, and making the money. And they didn't care. At least they were honest about it. It was straight. They were just like the mob. It's just like hey. Well, I mean, the, the flip side to a lot of the TRT stuff. I mean, here's a here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize about hard training. Okay, you're working out really hard, especially the level that professional athletes do. That doesn't increase your tos- testosterone. It lowers it. Lowers your growth hormone. Lowers your testosterone. That's what happens when training is is beyond your natural recovery abilities. Right. But you have to train three times a day as a UFC fighter to get everything in that you need to achieve to perform at a high level. So is it immoral to take something that helps you stay at an optimal range, you know, not way beyond what's possible naturally, but it helps you stay there so that you can keep putting in the time to polish your skill set, to come in at your highest performance level? And that that's that's a question that is a better one than no one should be allowed to use this or it's okay for everyone to use this. How about just regulating certain things more? Exactly. And then I realize there's room for abuse, but there's only room for abuse if you don't regulate it properly. You could have a doctor where every week you have to get measured to right. see it, to make sure you're not abusing it, to make sure you're not taking four times more than you're supposed to. And now you're going through your whole training camp with four times the optimal range so that you get those benefits. And then you dial it right back right before the test. Well, the interesting point is what you brought up is the fact that most of the folks who are weighing in on this don't have a clue what these guys go through. They're pretty much, they get to see this stuff maybe one, every other weekend on television or whatever, and they, then they form an opinion. And a lot of times you have all these sports critics and all these other guys, it's a bunch of little fat dudes sitting up there on their computers writing articles who've never done anything athletic in their lives. You know, but they're a sports writer. But he's never, he's the kid that used to get picked last or something like that, and now all of a sudden he's going to take this time to get back at all these jocks or something like that. Most of these guys have no idea what these athletes go through, and they want to weigh in and they want to form an opinion, but they never walked one freaking step in their shoes to even get an understanding. So my thing is, get in there. Once you get out on the ground level and see what these guys go through, and then you can probably, you probably wouldn't be so quick to make this absolute judgment about them. Like, you know what? I understand why he did this, but maybe it should be like this. This is like some of the suggestions you just made, Mike. Why? Because we've been there. We've performed at some high-level, athletic level, some point in our lives. So we get it, and we have an understanding of what it takes for these guys to perform at the level that they do. So therefore, we're not the ones like, oh man, I, I'm, you know, that guy needs to get popped, or he needs to, you know, be suspended, or I can't believe he did that. No, because we have an understanding of that. And this pretty much is a reflection of what's going on in almost every aspect of life. We're quick to judge, like, well, they did this because of this, because you saw it on TV. But you have no idea why they do those things. I mean, where, where do you where do you draw the line either? If someone takes my if someone takes my testosterone booster, which can triple your testosterone, I've had clients. Not everyone gets that, but everyone gets a pretty big boost, ninety eight percent success rate. Is that immoral? You know, or or, or should that be banned? Is yeah. that a performance enhancer right there? You know, taking my creatine is, <laughs> is that is I mean, where do you draw the line? Okay, creatine is exactly. not allowed. You can't take protein powder for post workout <laughs> recovery. You can't take Korean ginseng for your adrenals. You know, you can't take Siberian ginseng. Where do you draw the line with this? We're going to start banning egg, egg yolks and milk next. You know, it's like, come on. 
Yeah, it's, we, we Sierra brought up a point where no one knows how much these guys do, and they do a lot. They're doing two, three sessions a day. Mm-hmm. You're doing your strength and conditioning work. You're doing your um, skill work. Right. You're teaching classes. Because mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of people don't understand, sure, St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, those guys are millionaires. But there's guys that are, you know, I don't know who's the, thousandaires. Yeah, I don't know who's the number six <laughs> middleweight in the world, but they have to own gyms, which is why a lot of these guys own CrossFit gyms or own MMA gyms because they have to make a living outside of the UFC. Right. So, right. you know, people just, yep. just lose sight of that fact that there are people trying to get ahead. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's exactly that's right. right. It's, you know, and, and that's the, and now to, to kind of bring this full circle, we started the conversation by talking about CrossFit. What people don't understand about CrossFit is that you can go to CrossFit t- Dallas, let's say, and do a CrossFit class. That's great. You can do that three, four times a week. It's not going to give you the body of a CrossFit athlete because the people on the CrossFit games are training two or three times per day, four to six days per week to get ready for the games. There's and, a big difference. and they're not doing WAS. They're not doing a typical right. WAS. There's either. a big difference there. <laughs> And there's there's been a lot of accusations of anabolic use there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. I believe it. I mean, you, you read the stuff like that Anthony Roberts puts out about the drug testing there, and, and their opinion on that him and John Romano, and yeah. it seems like it's pretty pretty easy to to beat those tests. Well, you throw out a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cash prize. Guess what? Now you're, now you're going to look for every edge you can get to win that. If it were if it were a if it were a thousand dollar cash prize, nobody's going to take anything because what's the point? I mean, someone may just for prestige, but it's not it's not the motivation is not going to be there as much. But you know, the thing also is that a lot of gym rats use anabolics and they're never going to compete in anything or make money off of it. They just you they just want. They want they feel like it comes yeah. Well, I mean that that, like and it. they just want results faster. They're impatient, is what it comes down to. It's like, well, shit, I could put in five years naturally, or I could just take this and get what I get what I need in a year. But Mark Philippin made a good point last time I talked to me. He goes, look, the people that are not strong before they take anabolics are not going to hang on to the strength they build as much as someone who's already strong naturally and then uses anabolics to push over a certain threshold. Because right. that guy has a certain mm-hmm. base of strength, and now you're just looking for that extra edge. So if that guy – once that guy gets off the juice, he's not going to have that huge drop the way someone who was never strong and started training with juice at the same time, right. when they drop off, it could be dramatic. Like Mark talked about some strongman competitors where you know they were flipping tires <laughs> like they were garbage cans, and then when they would go off the juice, they couldn't flip a tire once in training. It was that dramatic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's. I don't. You took the words out of my mouth, Mike. <laughs> well, cool, man. We kept you on a little bit. We kept you on a while here. Where I enjoyed can, it, man. I, I just enjoyed talking shop, so it was good. Yeah, it was cool, I man. Thanks for coming on for so long. Where can yeah. people find out more about you? Uh, everybody, just visit uh, the website is physiqueformuladiet.com. Everything is uh, is up there. I have a podcast. I have not updated it in a few weeks. We are pumping out new episodes, and uh, that is called the Physique Formula Podcast on iTunes. So those are the two places. You know, I've been on your show. It's a great show. You do a great job. And uh, what, what what services? Do you have any courses coming up, Jimmy, or uh, services that you have going on? You know, for clients? Nothing off the top of my head right now. Uh, we just released an organic coconut oil under uh, one of my businesses called Shimbo's. It's after my grandfather. So we just released an organic coconut oil, but nothing on the horizon right now. Just putting nose to the grind and getting work done. Awesome. And where can, where can people find the coconut oil? You can just check out Physique Formula Diet. Okay. Same website. Perfect. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks again, buddy. All right, guys. Everybody have a good day now. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Take care, man.
So that was a, a very diverse discussion with Jimmy. It's fun to have a guest that we both know. Yeah, awesome. it's fun to have a guest that we both know so we can just let loose and have a fun conversation, be all over the place a little bit. But definitely check out Jimmy Smith. Great guy. And also, don't forget to support us. Use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off anything at MikeMahler.com or AggressiveStrength.com. Testosterone booster, estrogen control, recovery oil to give you some great sleep, Restorezyme, get rid of those aches and pains, videos, DVDs, or DVDs, ebooks, t-shirts. Anyway, you know the drill. Just go to MikeMuller.com. And how about with you, man? Same thing, man. Head over to NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the same coupon code, 10% off when you use LLA at checkout, whether it's my DVD, my ebooks, my weight management course, my coffee stands, all that, man. All that over there. If you can buy it, you can get a discount on it by using that coupon code LLA. And also, you can become a patron of the show should you choose not to buy a product from either one of us right now, and but maybe later on in the future. But you can become a patron right now of the show by hopping over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-R. Excuse me. I'm tripping. Need more P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash L-L-A podcast. Go into the little box, erase that number one, and put five in that dollar box right there or more, Yeah, just as Sergio did, and support the show each month, man, and help us keep the operations of this thing going and continue to provide this show and not have 50,000 sponsors all over interrupting every five minutes to plug their products because need to pay the bills. <laughs> Just remember, I mean, you can't do any of those things. You can't buy products from us or leave reviews for us as long as your head is up your ass. So just make sure that re- That's the sound of your head coming out of your ass. <laughs> Remove your head. Some, I mean, some of you are some, this may be the reason why some of you haven't supported that the episode yet. That would be a reasonable <laughs> argument. It's like, look, my head's been so far up my ass. I, I didn't realize you guys hey. had products and services. Hey man, the show right now sounds to them like <laughs> pull it out, get a breath of fresh air, then go to our wet, respective websites and support the show. So that's another option for you. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Catch you on the next episode.